Welcome to Real Life Mentoring, where we explore real life issues to help you make an authentic difference in the world. Hi, it's Chris and Christina back again today for Real Life Mentoring Podcast. We have a topic today that boy, oh boy, could we talk a lot about. (laughs) Don't you agree, Chris? I do. And it's called, we're calling it right now, Stuck Inside Our minds or our head. Yeah, stuck inside our head. Um, I think that we all could relate to this. And what we're going to be talking about is what happens when those random thoughts, maybe not random, but obtrusive thoughts or thoughts that you just, you replay, you replay, you re- what happens when they get stuck inside your head? So Chris, you want to lead us out? Well, the first thing that comes to my mind mm-hmm. is I have not been in too many physical fights in my life. Uh-huh. I never learned how to fight as a boy and maybe in a couple and when you're in grade school or junior high, but I've never been in many physical fights. Yeah. But I have been in ongoing mental fights inside mm. my head. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and here's the thing. Most people would never know that unless I mm. explain it, unless I talk about it. Sure. And I believe this happens to people all the time. Yeah. Of uh, being in a setting with family or friends and maybe a lot of fun is happening around people. Yeah. But the there's a battle inside that person's mind, inside their head, and they're not even mentally, emotionally a part of what's going on yeah. because of what's happening inside their head. Yeah. Let's give a real life example. So recently, all three of us, we, our youngest daughter, Libby, it's just the three of us living here at home. And we all had some, what the doctor says, an unknown virus. <laughs> anyway, it's wiped us out. And for about eight or nine days, we were all just flat out sick, 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 sick. Well, one or two days kind of feels fun. Like, oh, okay, I can catch up on, you know, the latest Netflix series or whatever. But what happens to me, and nobody would know this, but inside my head, there's these stories going on. Oh, Christina, you are missing out on so much life. Now your work is going to suffer. You're going to be so far behind. Your inactivity is going to throw the organization you work with into chaos. I mean, it just gets bigger and more grandiose inside my head. And then I have these thoughts like, oh gosh, what if this unknown virus is cancer? What if I die? How would that affect my kids? It just goes on and on and on. Am I the only one who struggles with that? (laughs) Can you speak into that, Chris? All right. So last, in the last two weeks, we battled sickness. Yeah. Your mind really went to some of those places? Oh, yeah. You were thinking cancer? Sure. Why? I don't know. I mean, I don't have an answer either many yeah. times why certain thoughts hit me. Right. We do know that there, uh, there, there is a spiritual side to our lives. Yeah. And um, the enemy battles us mentally so many times. And um, let, me, let me pause you okay. right there. When we say the enemy battles us battles well, us mentally. Okay. I want to unpack let me, that. Yeah, let me clarify. Well, well, hang on. <laughs> what I want to say is, if you know Jesus, then you also know that you have an enemy. And he's not a crafty little red guy in a devil suit and pitchfork. How the enemy battles me is my own voice. So when you say, you thought cancer? Really? Well, he uses my past. I had a mom who died at 48 because she was really, really sick. Right. And there's still a tinge of that, ooh, you know, I'm 50, well, on my way to 55, I, I don't have the medical issues that she does. But the enemy knows 
that is a big enough trigger for me that he can play that card every single time. Oh, this could be you. Ooh, you could be, this could be cancer. Okay, what's the trigger? Right, my sickness. The, but your sickness is a trigger or... The sickness is a trigger because it gets experience. me to think about the past. Okay. So the trigger is sickness. And then in my head, I take a trip back to my past and the enemy uses that, the enemy of my soul, right? right. If, if I have a thought in my head that does not bring me comfort and peace and joy and life, then I know it's from the enemy of my soul. Right. Yeah. I may have shared this in the past. I don't know through an episode, I'm not for sure. But I remember a few years ago, I was waiting for an answer that was going to come through an email. Okay. I was so afraid of getting an answer that I did not want to get. Uh-huh. That, in fact, I'm not even embarrassed anymore, but I was so embarrassed to even say this in the past. I, as an adult, I yeah. did not check the email <laughs> Okay. For a while, because I was afraid of what it was going to say. Okay. So you avoided. I avoided it. And I'm not normally a person who avoids things. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But left to the battle inside my head when Mm -hmm. I allow it to control me, I will avoid. I'll push things away. Yeah. So I think I waited two or three weeks. I saw that the email had arrived. Mm -hmm. I refused to open it up because of afraid what it was going to say. Right. When I finally opened it up with... it's, It's crazy. I felt myself fearful as I was opening up the email, Mm. where physically it was affecting me. Uh I opened up the email and read it, and it was not what I expected. It was actually very good news. Uh And then I I was embarrassed and ashamed that I allowed what the battle in my mind to keep me from opening up an email. Yeah. That actually had good news for me. Yeah. So that's that's just one example. Some people may go, what is the big deal with that? Right. All I can say is that fear is a strange thing left to control the mind. Right. And when I just keep it in my mind, I don't express what's going on. Uh-huh. Then it has a lot of, it can have a lot of power. Yeah. Uh, maybe let's paint a couple more pictures, Chris, of what it looks like to be stuck in our head. Yeah. Do you have a couple of other examples? Uh, well, let's say someone, maybe a friend or a family member, treats you unkindly. Mm, okay. All right? And you're not expecting it, and maybe you're in some kind of gathering, and they say something to you, and I'm assuming that's happened to you before. Sure. What hap- ha- What has happened in your mind before? Yeah, why don't you just tell me, because I don't know what you're well, trying. Well, yeah. uh, just something is said in a, in a hateful way, and whether it's expected or not, I may take it personally, and it may have nothing to do with me, mm-hmm. but my mind could start spiraling and going, okay, I've done something wrong Mm. or they don't like me. They don't love me or I've disappointed them again. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's going to cause conflict in the future. It's going to affect the family coming together. And you know what it could be? It could have been that situation that at that moment, that person was just stressed. Yeah. They were irritated. They were just impatient and they blurted out something and I would allow it to take me down the road mm-hmm. on a journey that was not even going to exist. It was not even reality, but in my mind it was. Yeah. As a female, I've had these situations time and time again. And I, you know, I'm crawling out of that hole, but I could walk into a room not feeling good about myself, especially if it was a new context. And if people didn't respond or say hello, then I would conjure up, oh, well, I guess... Um, 
I'm not attractive enough, or I'm not uh, engaging enough, or uh, as a female, you know, all my insecurities about physical, I think females, uh, unless it's just me, (laughs) but I think I can speak for my sex that we tend to walk into a room, size it up, compare, have all these things stories in our head we're stuck in our head and on the outside we we look like a charming person but we've got this battle raging in our head so the title of our podcast is stuck in our heads what do you do with the things that are stuck in your head well we were recently at a wedding mm-hmm. and weddings are nice everyone gets dressed up and you look nice and you walk into this large room and you know everyone's everyone seem seems happy it's it's a festive occasion it is a really nice event um, and it's not that people wear masks purposely. Yeah. But you and I were talking about just how it can feel stressful inside of our minds going, yeah. who do I talk to? What do I say? How will I be received? Am I talking too much? Am I talking Am too I much? Talking where, where do I sit? Who yeah. do I? It's interesting. And But on the surface, on the outside, people look, look like they're having a great time. And right. many are. Yeah. But it makes me wonder what's also going inside the head that someone could leave a very nice situation event and have not really enjoyed it internally. Yeah. I mean, I've done that before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So where are we going with this conversation now? (laughs) What do we do with the things that are stuck inside of our head? This has happened to me before many times. In fact, a simple situation can actually take us Mm -hmm. into a stressful dark place if we allow it yeah our imaginations can just go crazy this has happened so therefore now this it will happen right it, uh, it's like the domino effect this happens that's going to happen and that's just not the case i think many times so because we are about mentoring mm-hmm. a trusted mentor can alleviate so much of the stress right with the person they're talking to if they will listen well Well, and I think... Are you not listening to me? (laughs) I think what is a great thing that we're trying to say is if you are a mentor, you know, and and if you're not, that's okay. What about friends in your life? This would be a great conversation starter. What are the things that get stuck in your head? What are situations that cause you to get stuck in your head? Because what we're saying is when they are stuck then they have time to brew and boil okay, and that's a grow. Good, and, good perspective. you know, it's just a biblical principle. We get things into the light so they can be exposed and we can break those down and really get to the bottom of things. So this is what helps me. And I'm stuck in my head with something. Yeah. And a person, let's say they're my mentor, they're listening to me. If they will listen well yeah. and... I mean, even their body language tells me they are listening and they care about what I'm saying. Right. They don't try to fix me. You mm-hmm. told me that early on in our marriage. Yeah. I just need you to listen. Don't try to fix me. Right. But they don't try to fix the situation. They don't try to maybe give me an example right away. Right. But just listen to me and sit with me and acknowledge, okay, you're stressed. Yeah. Now, it may not make any sense to that person. Like, why would you be stressed about that? Right, right, right. I used to have that mentality with certain people like... That's not stressful. Well, for them, it was for at that moment. Is. Again, we're talking about sometimes not reality, uh-huh. but what, what lies we're believing inside our heads that right. keep us stuck there. So the point is, let somebody talk about the thing that stu- is stuck in their head. And as the recipient of that, 
Just listen well. We've done a podcast about active listening, but listen well without providing feedback. Because a lot of times, depending on if people are verbal processors, if we listen well, we give space for them to talk about the stuff inside the head. By the end of them speaking it out, they're like, oh my gosh, I just realized that was ridiculous. Why was I even believing that they may solve their own issue just by getting it out and we listen. So you, when we talked about when someone, just listen, yeah. don't try to give me um, advice right. or a personal opinion yet. Right, just that, listen. That may come later. Sure. But right now, let me just, just dialogue with me right. about what seems to be the problem inside of my head. And part of listening isn't being a bump on the log. It's making eye contact. Again, we have a podcast about active listening. But it could also be, you know, somebody says, and, and I just felt so weird. It's perfectly appropriate to say, huh, you said weird. Unpack. What does weird mean to you? That's a great active listening tool to ask a question, to unpack something. So maybe they um, don't even know what they mean when they say, I just felt weird. You can ask that question as part of good listening. It makes me think of when we were raising our, our girls who are all adults now, they remember there would be times they would come to us and they are stressed about something. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, because I've had all this experience, you know, just, just life experience, whatever they're stressed about, actually stress wasn't necessary. Right. For me as an adult, right. if they had not gone through it. As a seven-year-old, As it a seven-year-old, is. this is a major stress. Right. And so respecting, and so you're, when you're talking to an adult, understand they may not have the experience that you've had. Right. They may have, they may have had a, a more difficult journey in their life than you have, and something that would not stress you is stressing them. So it's showing actual respect to that person just to listen well. Right. And yeah, so we're saying part of listening is listen with an open mind that what is a big stressor for them could not be for you, but it is for them. And everybody has their own story. And so what is stressful to me um, may not be a stressor for someone else, but part of listening well is to listen with an open mind. Yeah. One thing that helps me if someone will listen to me and then once we've processed it together, it feels better getting it out. Yeah. And knowing that another person who cares about me knows what I'm, what's going on inside. Right. It helps you be seen. It helps me be seen. I don't feel as alone. Mm -hmm. And then it also is encouraging when that person, if they can, if they can practically do something to help me in that situation. Sure. Instead, I can appreciate someone's opinion and perspective, but if that person can physically, Mm -hmm. maybe it's financially, May, I don't know what it is, but if they can do something tangible mm-hmm. to help me in that situation, it could be like, okay, I'm going to go to the doctor with you. You're stressed about your health today. Okay. Yeah. I'm physically going to take you to the doctor sure. so you're not there alone. Yeah. It sounds maybe silly or simple, mm-hmm. but it can mean a lot to someone. Sure. So I don't know. Something tangible. It's it's easy to give advice. Right. It takes extra effort and care to actually Say, I'm going to do this with you. Yeah. I'm going to help you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good. We talked about, is it a tool you would say earlier Mm -hmm. about, so let's talk about that. Yeah. One of the things that uh, just walking through situations with with different people, I've kind of come up with a mantra that is so, so, so helpful, especially if the thing that is stuck in your head is bringing about fear. You know, let's go back to my example. Ah, I've got cancer because I have a cough. (laughs) Sounds ridiculous, right? But I think one of the things you can start off is by asking yourself, what am I afraid of? 
simply saying, what am I afraid of is so helpful, giving it a name. So in my case, oh my gosh, I've got a cough. I'm sick. It's been lingering for four days, now eight days. What am I afraid of? Ah, I'm afraid I have cancer. Am I afraid that I have cancer or am I really afraid that I'm going to be sick like my mom? I think when we begin to ask those questions, we can maybe get to the root of really, what am I afraid of? Right? Yes. Uh huh. Oh, I think the second thing to really ask is ask yourself, what am I afraid of? And then what is fear telling me? Okay. Yeah. So in my situation, again, what is the fear of, oh, I've got cancer or, oh, I'm going to be sick like my mom. What is it telling me? I'm going to die young. Or again, this is kind of an extreme example, but I think if you listen, what is it telling you? A fear is a liar. It's always going to paint a picture that is the worst case scenario. So bringing that into the light is helpful. Thoughts on that? Well, I just, as a man, I think men struggle more with admitting fear than Mm -hmm. maybe women do. Yeah. And again, it keeps us stuck inside of our heads. Yeah. And we will act out in some unhealthy ways at times because when fear is allowed to remain. Right. So, so that's why we're giving you a tool. Just say, look. <laughs> if you're hey, a man. In, okay. In this relationship, if yeah. I'm mentoring you, you're mentoring me. Yeah. Then you got to, okay, trust is here. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to tell anybody. Tell me, what is something that's causing you fear right now? What is that? Right. And the guy can tell me and then we can move forward with it. Right. And so this... It's actually twofold. You can ask these questions if you're a mentor, but you can ask yourself these questions. So when you're home alone and you're sick in bed, these are things you, so what am I afraid of? What is the fear telling me? And then what do I need to confess? Sometimes when I'm believing, I'm stuck in my head, it's because I am believing a lie. Let's say that um, I get a a bill in the mail for $4,000 for something that I wasn't expecting. And I don't have $4,000. I can start believing these lies like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go bankrupt. I don't have the money. I'm not going to be able to feed my family. Okay, what do I really need to confess here? I'm confessing that I don't believe that God can meet my need as a financial provider. Can, can I share an example yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> from years ago? Yeah. We've kept a budget for many years yeah. uh, as a family, as a couple, and we would budget vacation. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. This has happened before. We take a vacation. We enjoy our, enjoy ourselves. Yeah. We get back from vacation. In fact, this actually happened. <laughs> I think the day after we returned back from vacation, yeah. the the motor, the engine on the car literally blew up in the parking <laughs> yeah. lot. We'd gone out to eat breakfast with our girls. They were young yeah. to finish out the vacation, enjoy ourselves. Yeah. And boom, start the car up and smoke comes out after right. a, a loud bang. Right. I remember struggling and feeling, feeling, I don't know if it was shame or guilt, we should not have spent that mm. money on vacation. Sure. We should not have had a good time because now we don't have a, a car right. that we have to now try to figure out what we're going to do. Yeah. Because at that point, finances were so limited yeah. with the job that I had. And so again, I was believing a lie. Right. The The vacation was earned. Yeah. We don't know what happens tomorrow. God wants us to have fun. Right. It doesn't mean we don't we throw everything out the window and say, I'm just not going to care about anything. I'm just going right. to do what I want to do. Right. We didn't do that. No. But again, the, in my mind, I believed that that lie you should not have enjoyed yourself too much. Now you're going to suffer the consequences. Right. And Christina, that goes back to how I was raised. Sure. Yeah. So confess that. You confess that to God. God, I am so sorry that I'm, yeah. And you confess that. And then I think 
when fear is allowed to be stuck in our head or when a wrong belief is stuck in our head, we're making an agreement with it. So back to your situation, what were you agreeing with? What was I agreeing with? Explain. Well, you were agreeing with the lie that, oh, now I'm going to have to pay. I had a good time. Now God's going to have me pay. It is, is strange. What? I, I'm a hard worker, always have been. I began, I think my first, my first job where I earned money was in the fifth grade. Yeah. But it was Bragger. not healthy. And so in my, <laughs> in my brain, uh-huh. there's, there's, there are some threads that don't have the power they used to, but there's still some threads in my brain that tell me you must always work hard, hard. Yeah. earn your own keep. Yeah. Is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you relax too much, you're basically a bum and you're lazy. Mm, yeah. And I don't, I've been lazy before, but yeah. I'm not a lazy person. Sure. But that's part of the battle in my head. So the agreement is, yeah. Oh, I didn't work hard enough. I should have worked a little bit harder. I've you've you've my, made agreement. I've got to work my butt off every day right. to to earn a little bit of pleasure in life. Right. What's the point of this? Well, when we when we do all those hard work and ask ourselves those questions, then we get to engage with the Holy Spirit. And what's the truth that the Holy Spirit, God Himself, wants to replace? What could you imagine was the truth in that situation? Again, this was many, many years ago. But what do you believe that the Holy Spirit wanted you to believe? You you just, you saved money for a great vacation. You didn't go into debt. You used your vacation money. The next day, the engine blows out. What what was the truth that God wanted you to know in that situation? I, I'm a man of integrity. I work hard. I listen to him. I try to take care of my family. I deserve a vacation. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Ultimately, though, God says he's my father. He's my provider. Ding, ding, ding. That's what I'm looking for. He's my provider. The truth is, God wants you to know, I am your provider. And it's I not wanna, up to you. And I want to encourage any men that are listening, and women too, but because I'm a man, I, I relate to you guys. All these years of knowing God personally, from the age of nine, that's when I came to Christ, I, I still struggle with God as my father provider sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Not as much as I used to, but it, I get pulled back into it with triggers right. sometimes. That's the reason for this podcast. So, so don't, don't, be, don't, don't wallow in the shame of it. Get out of it. Right. Acknowledge it. And then two more things is once you go through this process, don't pick it back up. Stop the conversation with fear. So I, I want to, what does that look like? The next time I'm sick... <laughs> and I have the thought in my head, oh, great, I'm going to have cancer. You know what? I'm not going to pick that back up. I'm going to remind myself of the truth, and I'm not going to engage in the conversation with fear. So I just want to review those little things again. Ask yourself, when you're stuck in your head, ask somebody you're a close with, uh, somebody you're mentoring, but then ask yourself if this is your own struggle. What am I afraid of? Give it a name. What is the fear telling me? engage with that because a lot of times when we go oh yeah that's what it's telling me it's so contrary to the truth and especially God's word it'll make sense to us and then what do I need to confess take some ownership of that confess that to God and come out of agreement with that lie engage with God through the power of the Holy Spirit and ask him what is the truth you want me to replace with that lie and if that comes back up again don't pick it up 
stop the conversation. And I uh, had this thought. Yeah. You can pull up the news. Uh-huh. And oh, great. You, yeah. you can start out feeling good, confident, at peace. Yeah. And left to ourselves. Yep. The news can tell us, oh, my goodness, my savings are going to be gone next week because right. of the stock market. Or because when it says, you know, job losses are coming, that may be me. It ah, could be. Yeah. But it may not be. Right. So media can do that. Yeah. Other well-meaning people can say things out of their own fear. Sure. In fact, Christina, you and I, early on in our parenting, handed our oldest daughter mm-hmm. a mindset of lack. Sure. Just how, and we didn't realize we were doing it. Right, right, Like, right. well, we, no, we can't do that today, but maybe someday. And when she was like maybe four or five years old, yeah. she picked up something. Can I get this? Uh, well, maybe someday. Yeah. And we realized we've handed her some of our own junk without realizing it. So we confessed it and made it right. Right. But, you know, I've had a family member in the past that I would, I remember our oldest daughter was going to go to college. Mm-hmm. We were living in another country. Mm-hmm. And I remember her saying, oh, it's going to be so difficult for you guys <laughs> to be so far away from your oldest daughter. I know you guys are close. That's going to be horrible for you guys. Right. And I felt my chest getting tight. And for a moment, I started believing that. Sure. You you wanted to pick that back up because oh. we we did a lot of work about, no, we're not going to be estranged from our daughter. It's this, going this to be okay. normal. Right. But yeah. It's not normal for many Americans to live in another country from their, their, their children while they go to college. But the stress was there. Right. And so that illustrates it's so easy to pick it back up. Well-meaning people can say things. Yeah. And so you have to make a conscience decision not to pick it back up. Anything in closing to kind of wrap this up? No, because I'm stuck in my head right now. No, I'm not. (laughs) It helps to talk about it. It does. Yeah. So if you yourself find yourself stuck in your head, go back, listen to these steps. I know I apply them in my own life. I help young women I work with apply these principles as well. If you are a mentor, start practicing these. I think it'll just help your mentees not to get stuck in their head. Thanks for joining us today. We want to thank you as always for listening. If today was helpful, if something that you listened to was helpful, we would really love it if you would go to Apple or Spotify, leave us a review, download, subscribe, and for all things related to podcast, if you'd like to give a financial contribution to help us continuing bringing this sort of broadcasting to you, just go to FahrenheitMentoring.org. Hi, this is Chris Corral, producer of the Fahrenheit Real Life Mentoring Podcast. This podcast is produced through a partnership with the Confetti Corral Boutique and Michelle Corral Realtor. To find out more about these businesses who support our vision and ministry, go to ConfettiCorral.com or find them on Facebook.